You are listening to Omnus Protocol. I am Charles, also known as Omnus, and I'm here with Greg from Recalibration Matrix. What's going on, buddy? Hey, how's it going? Uh, it's going well. I am excited to talk about some spider foes. I literally just wrapped up a couple of IRL spider foe games, mm-hmm. just digging into new characters, Lizard, Mysterio. Uh, but I will tell you, I had some bad luck. As I was walking to my dining room table to like start laying out the terrain, I was carrying like three sleeved cards and I had Mysterio and Craven on them, which I just painted and dropped both of them. Mysterio bounced oh. down like six stairs. Oh no. He mostly survived. His hands came off. And mm-hmm. so I just had to glue his hands back on. But otherwise live thankfully it wasn't like stone stairs or anything they were wood yeah i was still like oh god oh god because i I was really worried something was gonna break but yeah i i have like an instinctual fear of that now because i had uh somebody knocked over a tray of my troll bloods once when i played war machine and that was pretty much a fully pewter horde army and i think i i lost like maybe 15 to 20 models. And I don't even think I ever glued them back together that tournament. I was just like, I was just like, they're champions. You know what they have. <laughs> like, I'm not gluing their arms back on. I remember there was an event where like a bus boy knocked over a, like somebody's bag of miniatures and it was bad. <gasps> like, and the dude was super apologetic, but I remember it being super rough. But anyway, I'm, I'm glad my my fo- my foes moments, uh, my well laid plans, uh, did not backfire too badly, and <laughs> neither, uh, like Craven popped off his base, and I just had to glue him back down. No damage to the spear or anything, and mm-hmm. Mysterio, I just had to glue the hands back on. But I'm like, okay, that was a good warning. Charles needs to be more careful. But oh man, I gotta tell you, I had a blast playing New Goblin. Yeah, I'm I'm glad to hear it cuz I'm I'm finding the exact same thing. Yeah, I don't know like power level wise, I still have no idea where I would stick foes overall. I feel like I need a lot more time with them, <laughs> but my prior opponent like prior to my hiatus loved playing goblin. And so we were constantly trying to make foes work and it it just didn't really ever feel that interesting. And I was like, okay, well, if you're going to play foes, you need someone who's going to have the power to really make use of this leadership. So like MODOK, but it's just like, are we just jamming MODOK into another team? Right. It's not super interesting. Yeah. We, um, we were trying to make it work over here in Houston and we were mostly thinking like Pierce heavy lists. And so we were trying Corvus and Proxima. Yeah, I, was, I mean, Corvus in general, she, he probably has power where he can, you know, use the leadership. That was another another one that we had um, we had considered. But oh man, so I started. So let's let's review the the changes to Goblin just real quick. So his leadership went from requiring a power to once per turn reroll one of your opponent's defense dice to now you just get to do it for free. Still once yep. per turn, but you get to do it for free. Um, and then he gains one die on his builder on both sides. So he goes to five die builder on the front, six die builder on the back. I believe that was the only changes to his card. 
Do we did we see his back? Yes. Okay. Um, I, I assumed, any... but I don't think I saw it. Yeah. I was pretty sure I saw it at the time. I didn't save it, but I remember kind of browsing through it. It didn't seem like any defensive stats or anything like that changed. Um, so in the games that I was playing today, my my initial thought was, oh my God, what are the craziest three threats that I can stick in with Green Goblin? But honestly, like Mysterio and Lizard were like the best ones, it seemed like, to really take advantage of leadership. So I'm like, I guess I'm not really pulling in a bunch of unaffiliated threes, which on one end felt weird because I feel like that's like 90% of MCP list building is like, what are the most broken three threats I can add to this affiliation? Yeah, it's, we we don't need to. We have... We already have the best three threats in, yeah. Um, no Craven? Well, I was, I mean, I think Craven's solid, but I mean, I don't think he needs or doesn't need the leadership. There wasn't any like big damage triggers. He didn't like, he just didn't jump out at me as like, he, he just seems solid all the time. I'm not sure there's any affiliation that's like, this, this breaks Craven or Craven breaks this leadership or vice versa. Um, but, so I was expecting like going through MCP d- database and being like, all right, what are the coolest threes? And just kind of going through them. I'm like, you know, there isn't really any three threats that really seem to like abuse this leadership. And so then that got me looking at the twos and that got me thinking, it seems like almost all the two threats could be stupid with Goblin, like Rocket, Okoye, Toad. Uh, nebula nebula like all like mm-hmm. across the board you're bob like this seems like the affiliation that more than any other might start running three or more twos can we run three twos so we have six points at 19 yeah. so yeah. we would need four yeah well so no you, i don't yeah goblin mysterio lizard ock and then three and twos then three, yeah. at 19 you're right we have a lot of three pointers so okay and that, that feels, like, legit strong, right? I can see that, yeah. No, I, I think you're right. That could be pretty cool. Rocket, I hadn't considered it. Rocket wandering around and putting range 5, you know, 5 strength energy attacks into things and then gets to, like, negate a die and build up energy towards his, you know, super gun. Yeah. Um, is just solid all the time. Um, Nebula gets stupid. Yeah, Nebula kind of gets cranked up to 11. And I, I've kind of been going back to Nebula and being like, you know, I think I passed her up too soon. She's got a lot to offer. I think she has a lot to offer to the right team. And I, I love her sculpt, so I was excited about the prospect of an affiliation where I'd actually want to play her. Mm-hmm. And so that's definitely something that I would like to test with Goblin. Because if you're running seven wide and you're fairly aggressive, you kind of want a character that you're going to activate early that doesn't really affect your scenario play, right? You're like, she's not contributing to the crisis. I'm just going to activate her first and let her murderize something. Yeah, exactly. Uh, You know, because sometimes you just need an early activation when you're like, well, I don't necessarily get to like... Or, you know, sometimes you just got that middle of the turn activation. I feel like Nebula would could fit into that really well for for foes i i definitely like that what, idea yeah what what was your first kind of build direction for foes once you saw goblin's new card so 
I had already been kind of gravitating towards foes just because I love web warriors so much. Yeah, you like the spider. I, like, I do. I really like the spider stuff a lot. And my my original take was as a compliment to Criminal Syndicate. If there is a scenario where you can't really leverage Kingpin's leadership to count as two when you're healthy. And so I was looking at just a really aggressive um, like list with Osborne. And so I was looking at just all the threes and then Norman Osborne and Venom. Um, and I was taking cards like uh, Battle battle lust so you can try to get a little push off an objective while also getting a big a big swing um i was i was looking at his card so i i i've always been taking um well not always but almost always been taking doc ock with for the for the well-laid plans um especially when that was the only team tactic card uh but i've i've really been playing like a thematic list as well with Venom um, as kind of the control beat stick, uh, Doc Ock as kind of a side flanking piece, and then I've been too afraid to send Norman Osborn out because he doesn't do damage. Uh, has been my my feel like four dice on those on those on his builder. It, it has been so rough on me. Um, so now that they switched it, I am finally able to build. Something where where Osborne is actually going out there and being aggressive. I have been bringing Okoye a lot with Norman. I've been using her as almost a bodyguard, uh, a bodyguard slash like uh, piece. I've been trying to get as many traps off uh, as I can. The list I've been having a lot of fun with trying to figure out is using Norman Osborne, Doctor Octopus, Venom. And then uh, Rocket, and basically any character that moves opponents. Um, yeah, I mean, so so the the current one that I think people have been talking about is Cassandra Nova, and yeah. I've been having a lot of fun with Cassandra Nova. Um, I've only played that one twice, but I think the ability to move people and then blow up a piece of terrain on them with Green Goblin or you know, ping them with rocket has been a lot of fun. Um, just lots of like chip damage has been very effective. So I will tell you, I did get to live the dream earlier today for any spider foes fans. Medusa walked forward and was like, I'm going to murderize green goblin and Mysterio in one activation. And so walks up within three of both of them. And I was like, all right, I'm going to trick or treat and tricks and traps. I love it. Because uh, it was like, well, you're within four of that size three terrain, uh, or I'm within four of that, you're within two of it, and you moved within three of Mysterio, so we're going to do both. I, I didn't KO her. I didn't daze her there, but it was still pretty hilarious to uh, to just have that go off. I mean, it was at a point where I think I had already won the game anyway, but I was like, let's just lay into let's just lay into it. It's like, I can do this. Why not? You got every single fun thing off. I love it. Now, how have you been finding Medusa? Um, um, so the reason... Banana's good as well, right? Well, yeah. I mean, I took a break kind of right as she was coming out, so I haven't actually gotten that much table time with her. 
but I was looking through cards and going, who has on damage triggers? Like, doesn't, not talking about the wilds, not just things that trigger on damage. And so like, that'd be like Doctor Strange, his push is on damage, right? And I saw Medusa and she's, you know, she's a four threat. She's got some ability to place characters around, including like your characters, which is something Spider-Foes doesn't do a lot of to like set up double attacking. And so she does really feel like she kind of has everything that Spider-Foes wants. And so she was kind of my first real big, if I'm not going to play the twos and I want to play kind of a little bit more of a displacement game, she felt like the perfect four to bring in for them. I did realize that there's good reason. And again, a Chantress is not that crazy of a concept to be like, Ooh, you should take her. But I realized in one of my games where I had put sinister traps on basically the hammer that was to my far left and my opponent's far right um, to try to like dissuade him from going after it. And I had lizard over there. So if I did take it, then it'd be someone who, who could walk up, trigger it, get pushed away, then still walk back, pick it up and would then heal a damage afterwards. And so if it was just going to delay my opponent, I was going to pick it up for the last activation. I was trying to mitigate that as much as possible. But I was at a, there was a point where I was like, well, maybe I just don't pick it up and just let the score, because I have two hammers, he has one. And so if I'm scoring five to three, that that's, or I'm scoring four to three, that's fine. That still means I'm winning. Uh, but then I realized, wait a minute, he's got Modok over there. He could literally just walk one of my characters up to it with bow and it would blow up on them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Which got it- me thinking that maybe taking uh, characters like Cassandra or Enchantress, things like that, anyone that can force my opponent to walk into it would be pretty huge. Yeah, I, I, I love, I think from my experience, Cassandra Nova might be the best piece to take with foes uh, i just really did enjoy it a lot yeah a old buddy of mine um craig conroy from war machine days was messaging me the other day we were talking about cassandra with foes and i like the tech because i've been wanting to take exceptional healing anyway for lizard so that i'd have the option of having lizard go forth and do a really aggressive extract grab mm-hmm. and having another character that i want to play that would benefit from ex uh exceptional healing also like i was like ooh, i like that a lot but i hadn't painted her yet so she was so i didn't try her out today but that's a future plan i think i I think it's definitely like maybe one of the stronger out of affiliation choices Uh, i will say we came up with a pretty cool anti-sinister traps plan where he moved forward so he did uh he moved forward with black cat to um to grab the uh, to grab a center extract, and then he actually had to double move to get there, uh, or no, it was just to get onto to get onto oh, it's to get onto a center uh, the middle line extremist console, and he had to double move and to get there based on where she was at, and when she got there, obviously she got pushed away, but because I damaged her, I gave her a power, and so she was able to. Uh, grappling hook onto the point. Oh, nice! And I was like, "Oh, we didn't we didn't think about that literally until it happened." And it was like, "Oh, that's super tech." But that's only something your opponent can do, because if you are running Black Cat and she takes the damage, she doesn't get power from it. Yeah, yeah, she doesn't get power. I like that. I think that's 
that's a solid way to do it. The characters that have movement shenanigans. Yeah, so that would also mean like Miles could walk up. Um, he could like double move up to a point, and then if it blows up and deals him a damage, and he gets pushed away, he just like whoop web swing. I'm yeah, ama- amazing Spider Man as well. Yes, um, Hawkeye could do it. A little more dangerous. He doesn't have quite as much health. Yeah, um, it's. I think anyone with five health has to be at the very least like, uh oh, what if it dices me? Yeah. Uh, I I ran Warzone Houston uh, here in town, and there was one play. There was someone playing Spider Foes, and they got they got the dream. They got five damage off on, uh, I believe it was Corvus Glaive. Took five damage Whoa. on turn one from it, and it was not good. It definitely swung the game his direction. Yeah. I will say that the the only sad part about my game today is it did feel like every game ended up having Medusa on both sides. Um, <laughs> it was Spider-Foes versus Syndicate, and then it was Spider-Foes versus Sin. Mm-hmm. Um, but we did have this really cool moment where Venom had moved up, taken a hammer, and was hiding behind a building. And uh, Medusa ended up just like... Uh, the sin thing triggered. I drew up and venom drops the hammer because lizard was too close to him and is able to drop it basically on top of lizard. And Medusa picks it up and just like, and then just like ravages venom. And he doesn't even get to get off his, uh, so many snacks. We are venom because of the timing of flurry and the pushes. It was like, Oh yeah. This is like, no, no, no. Let me finish my pushes and then move you away. And (laughs) well, no, it was just like, she just got another attack. It was at the point I'm like, all right, I have all the power to ravage you. No, 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 no. We have to resolve Flurry first. Like, yeah. Uh, it was it, it was it was funny timing because he managed to not get the flurry on the first one. So he hits me. Then I have enough to uh so many snacks, but not to we are venom. So I wait, and then he takes me uh takes me down to one health with the uh with the second one and then the flurry goes off before i get to respond i was like oh oh sad and i like venom a lot i still think venom has a strong place in spider foes he's always been a little power starved and so having access to that leadership really seems to crank venom's effectiveness but i didn't get to do a whole lot with him he got medusa ravaged (laughs) uh did you play any carnage with him no, I have not tried Carnage. I'm still finishing it up, and I just feel like I have too many fours. I was actually tweaking my roster, trying to figure out what what to fit in, and like I wanted to try a five threat in there, and so I had Doctor Strange, but I felt like uh, I felt like because I wanted two twos, so I had Rocket and Okoye in my roster, but I was looking at the math for different things, and I just didn't. I wasn't sure I could make, I needed one more three as I think the deal was is like for certain threat levels and things. And I was like, ah, and so I did not have carnage and I did not end up playing Dr. Strange, but that I want to try it with strange and with Cassandra. I think both of them could be quite good there. Mm-hmm. One character uh, that my opponent and I were talking about afterwards was Quicksilver. Uh, oh. He's an unaffiliated three. And obviously he doesn't hit super hard, but man, does the leadership help set up for his card because he just has to damage with an attack. 
Yeah, I hadn't even thought about Quicksilver, actually. Huh. And I got to admit, my games with Brotherhood so far, I was pretty impressed with Quicksilver. And I do think that Spider-Foes really pushes forward the, like, my characters are fast and move all over the place. Not Mysterio and Venom, but Goblin, Lizard, Doc Ock. I love just how much they just get all over the place. I was playing Well-Laid Plans and Sinister Traps, both games. And I will say the weirdest thing was, is that I didn't play any restricted cards in the games. I had them in the roster, but I didn't bring field dressing or I think I was running field dressing med pack because I've been kind of playing, assuming all you've got's going to go. I'm just not <laughs> sure that card is going to be able to stick around. I'm like, if it sticks around, I'll put it in rosters. But for now, I'm going to play without it. I uh, I would expect it to get the boot. The yeah. the community the community feedback on it is probably pretty accurate. So um when you were playing it, what what have you been feeling like for tactics card selection? Because there's just so many things to try to like utilize it. They just have a great suite of cards that they have access to. Yeah, I've so so yeah, same with you. Sinister traps, uh all you've got. I've been taking field dressing, um partly to keep Norman Osborne flipped if I feel like I need him to score. Um, there there have been some games where I like I really don't want Norman to flip so that I can interact with an objective. Okay. I have been taking Lethal Protector uh, and Venom to kind of be a Norman Osborne bodyguard, and that has been very nice. I have been taking um I've been taking Carnage and then I forget which one it is. I think it's his team tactic card, Paint the Town Red, where yes. you walk someone up and then you hit them uh, with your tendrils. That's I think that's a really fun Carnage card. Yeah, that definitely seems like... If I were going to play Carnage, I feel like I would be playing that card. I, I've also, because I love it, I've been taking Blind Obsession. Um, I think it's a very, just a very multi-purpose team tactic card. I took Blind Obsession in both of my games and used it both times. It's it's so good. Um, we actually, you and I recorded a episode a while ago where we kind of went off about how it's really u- utilitarian and how you can use it as a defensive and an offensive card. Some of my biggest loves with it is that by playing it, you can change what your opponent does turn one where you can disincentivize them from attacking somebody or incentivize them to attack someone with someone else. Um, So, like, if your opponent has two characters near your, you know, amazing Spider-Man, you can blind obsession one of them and then kind of push your opponent to attack with that character. And I've, I've found it just so useful... Um, and a lot of times, like if it's if it's not worth the opponent risking, you know, double attacking someone and maybe not hitting them because they get plus two defense. I- I've had so many games where my opponent will just be like, "Okay, I'm going to go walk away and do something else," and <laughs> it's perfect. That's exactly what I wanted you to do. Thank you. <laughs> uh, accepted. Yeah. Yeah. So I think any card that that can kind of force your opponent. Um, Speaking of cards that might get the boot, um, I've also been playing uh, Bitter Rivals with um, with 
with it because anything that makes attacking more effective seems like a really good choice with spider foes. Um, I think I think Bitter Rivals is going to be on the restricted list. Yeah, I think so too. In the first game, because it was on Extremist console, I had decided against running Bitter Rivals and against running field dressing because I thought things would likely be too spread out for me to be able to dependably use those cards. And then I ended up being very happy with my card selection because I think what happened uh, turn two, because like I said, his uh, his Medusa just like destroyed my Venom. And I was like, well, that sucked. But uh, on the opposite side of the table, I just ended up wrecking his Lizard and then KO'd his lizard right away because uh, because of how priority was going and I blind obsessed the next turn I'm like I'm just going to blind obsessed to get two more dice on all these attacks and then just boop, destroyed lizard you know KO'd his lizard right off the table and then blind obsession had no side effect I love that um, and so that's and then in the second game I used it because like Modoc was all up in my face and I had managed to I had managed to daze Modoc I was already winning but so he had to kind of make this play for coming after mutant madman on my side of the board. And so he bowed away um, lizard and then flipped the point with his measly two physical defense, but he got it. And, but that he had to like walk into range of Medusa. So she just like laid into him and dazed him. Um, but I couldn't move back and flip the point. Mm-hmm. Um, so he got that score, but I dazed him, but I'm like, well, I cannot allow him to activate fully loaded with power on my team so Medusa just like, all right, we're just going to blind obsession. We're just going to make sure that this happens. A little extra, little extra dice uh, guarantee. Yeah. But yeah, I, I like the card quite a bit with them. And especially if you end up running some of the twos and such, um, you know, if you like do a blind obsession with rocket or whatever, like, do you even care? <laughs> no, <you really> don't. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I like that card quite a bit. And then because I played, I ended up not really wanting to change my tactics cards that much going into the second game. Uh, I didn't play Grand Illusion in the first one because, again, D Crisis, and I didn't feel like it was going to be impactful enough to try it. And then I forget what I switched something for Lethal Protector. Anyway, overall, I I thought it was really weird that I wasn't playing field dressing and wasn't playing bitter rivals and wasn't playing med pack and wasn't trying to be a snowflake. I just really wanted to try some of the new cards and I'm, what are your overall thoughts on sinister traps? I know this was kind of supposed to be a green goblin episode, but this is a weird card for me to fully wrap my brain around. Like it's, it makes you think a lot. I'm just not sure how good it is or isn't. I I've, I've thought it's really good. It, to me, it fits in exactly with like the, blind obsession thing where like either I get to do damage against my opponent or they avoid going somewhere I don't want them to go and both are great yeah it just it's it's not easy to use I will say that for sure maybe if you've used it enough then you you have the practice and and I maybe I'm just not there yet and I just don't feel like I know the right decision for it yet but um it's it's a very challenging card to play with but fun. Still a great card. But it does yeah. restrict you from going for it. I, I still think that's fine. Especially because there's no range on it. You you know, if you're playing a, a, a wide scenario, they'll always be somewhere near your opponent where you can set it for them. Um, 
I just I think it is astounding. Um, I, I I think it's a really weird card, and maybe that's why you're having trouble kind of parsing how good you think it is. But I I have never seen it do less than two damage, and that the really that's not the reason why I love it. I I just I think anything that forces your opponent to like second guess themselves and potentially avoid scoring points is perfect, right? There's there's no downside to Sinister Traps unless you're trying to go grab a point, but, you know, aren't all the objectives getting scored by, by turn one? I think the reason why I feel it's a downside, I'm pretty aggressive about going after my enemy points and whatnot, mm-hmm. and so I want to make sure I'm, I want to try not to drop it somewhere where I want to potentially walk up and maybe, because I have so many fast movers in in foes, right? You have Auk, you have Lizard, you have Goblin, you have a lot of characters that if you wanted to, you could move over to points that are on your enemy side of the board sure, potentially right away. And so that definitely, if you're not going to do that at all, it simplifies the decision a little bit. And I will say both games I had priority and so it feels like it may even be a better card when you don't have priority. Well, I mean, okay, so let's say you're playing... Uh... Hammers is a is hammers a rectangle or a diamond? Uh, it's got the same layout the as a diamond, console. right? Yeah. So, so if you have it on hammers and you have priority, right? You you put it on left or right, and then you take the other one, right? You let your opponent have the back one, and then they're gonna kind of they're gonna let you take the two, the right and the left, potentially, right? Yes, and that is what ended up happening in the game that I played it, where I put it on the one on the left, they ended up not wanting to go after it because they didn't really have a character that could get there, trigger it, and then still go back and grab it. So, yeah, they, so they just gave it to me. Yeah, so so you got three hammers and they got one. Yes. Huge success. But you, you do you did have it. to set up so that you have a character then that can take the explosion and then the still explosion, pick it up. Yeah. Which, foes are not short of characters that can do that, but you do yeah. have to plan for that. I, I, I think that's fair. But it's even better if you've got Cassandra or Enchantress or someone that can still walk up and be like, all right, now you can... I was like, oh man, in that same situation, I was like, if I had advanced R&D and Enchantress was my last character, and I just literally like have you advance your, you know, your character who's standing on that point close enough to blow up, and then get pushed away, and then I pick it up anyway. Ugh. Ugh. I love it. Um, difficult to set up when you think, like, you've got to stay outside of two of it um, to, like, not trigger it, and then, you know, be in range for everything. Like, it's not, it's not all easy, but it's definitely a hard card to use, and I don't know when, if there are situations where I wouldn't take it, and I want to err on the side of the other cards. It's really hard to say right now. But well-laid plans is also equally kind of crazy. I almost was feeling like I have so much... I feel like I was really playing an extract game with Spider-Foes. And maybe that's the way that they're intended. Is that I felt like I was always having an advantage with extracts. And so part of that is Sinister Straps. Part of that is, you know, I can well-laid plans at a certain point. I have beefy characters that can move up and kind of take something and stay alive. And so maybe maybe Spider-Foes are potentially the affiliation that more so than any other wants to build around extracts. 
I mean, I can't find I can't find a fault with that reasoning. I think they're they're very clearly like they love lots of extracts on the board. But yeah, it's just a very interesting affiliation, kind of across the board. I I I really do like how they have so many they have so many interesting characters um, that all kind of feel like they mesh together better now that they have a decent leadership right Uh, i would say better than decent i think it's a really good leadership now and and so i want to be very specific with my wording here spider foes i think has some of the most character of any affiliation not the most characters plural but the most character Mm -hmm. like they just have really interesting cool characters yeah they're they're very unique Dr. Octopus is their most boring character and he still feels really character. He's got the he's got the like he he's scientific hubris and I I love I've I've liked Dr. Octopus for a long time and it's really nice to finally have this just really fluffy team. Um so one of one of the things I've been thinking about is how I really don't want to add unaffiliated characters in and so I've been trying to I'm modding my Cassandra Nova so that she's a spider villain. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So how are you doing that? Oh, very easy. Um, There is a, there's a comic story in Spider-Man about the inheritors and they're actually the, the enemy in the first Spider-Verse comic. And basically the inheritors travel the multiverse and they eat animal totem heroes and the most flavorful, well, the most dangerous of animal totem heroes are the spiders. And there's a prophecy that a that the spider a spider will destroy their family. So basically, they're multiversal vampires, but they dress like Victorian England aristocracy. So Cassandra Nova is like already halfway there. Okay, yeah, I'm and was totally not familiar with this story at all. Uh, there was th- it started with a comic about uh, there's a character called Ezekiel who is trying to protect Peter Parker and like Ezekiel is this old man who has spider powers and so um, I'll I'll drop it in your Discord a couple pictures of it and you'll just be like oh yeah that already kind of looks like Cassandra Nova with hair. <laughs> <laughs> But they are—they're a really—they're a really fun, like ridiculous, um, like set of villains, and each one of them is like powerful enough to just beat the shit out of Spider-Man, <laughs> very, very easily. Interesting. So, out of curiosity, how does how does Spider-Man overtake these crazies? Um, I believe he blows up a building on one of them, and then he has to go change clothes because he doesn't want to fight naked. And, uh, they're just, they have to, like, destroy their, like, family home. And, uh, I mean, it's a bit of a spoiler, but they trick them into getting stuck on a planet that is toxic to them. Is one of the main ways in one of the bigger storylines, what they did. Okay, well, spoiler alert, if you're going to read some, uh, Into the Spider-Verse comics. I mean, you should still read them. But... (laughs) (laughs) They're so good. They're so much fun. I'm definitely going to go with a different paint scheme for my Cassandra Nova. I'm not, I'm finishing out like I thought she was kind of boring. 
But I also like just rewatched Logan last night, so it's got giving me the Xavier vibes. I'm like, ooh. It it is very strange that we got her before Xavier. <laughs> yeah. I, I get it though. Like I know people throw fits about why this character before this character and that sort of thing. And I know you're not doing that, but sometimes it's just like you're you want to work in all these other random characters that are somebody's favorite character. And I really like the Gene Cassandra Nova card. Uh, mental domination mental domination it's very good oh yeah that was another reason she's great at, with norman yeah another <laughs> way to restricted. Uh, another way to trigger all of the shenanigans mm-hmm. yeah i mean on on that note right like i was very excited to see cassandra nova and the number of people that were like who the fuck is that why are we getting that before we get nightcrawler like it, it's a lot um I still, I still defend. I think the answer, the the truthful answer, is is that they needed some female villains that didn't dress like prostitutes. <laughs> um, like it's it's creating it's creating like you know new new character designs and Cassandra Nova is a pretty cool, pretty powerful X Men villain. So yeah, I will totally admit I had never had never heard of her. But I thought it was a cool concept. Like, oh, it's still stuff that's tied to Xavier. And and it means there's potential when they do Xavier cards, they can already write like, oh, this is something that Cassandra Nova can use too. Yeah, exactly. So lots of lots of potential options there. And I, I do think that she has a ton of play in in foes. Will she be better than Strange? I don't know, but it is worth testing. Um, so question for you with trying out new goblin how have you liked dr octopus overall considering the changes so for most of my time i have thought dr octopus was fine like he's a perfectly adequate three three threat character but when comparing him with craven and lizard it's really hard to find a place for him unless you're using well-laid plans um so my my concern with Dr. Octopus is like, I I wish they had given him a little bit of a boost. Um, And, and so I feel like he's just slightly behind the curve. Um, I think I'll always take lizard over him now as my like first three pointer I grab. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, I feel like spider foes definitely is going to start off like, all teams, basically. I'd be, I'd be willing to say so far as, like, every Spider-Foe team I will probably ever make is going to start Green Goblin and Lizard. Maybe even start Lizard. <laughs> and then there are some situations where I want Mysterio or don't want Mysterio. And then what you're doing about your other three slots are interesting. But I have liked Octopus. And the the leadership in a lot of ways now makes him feel like he's got five dice. And so he starts the building process faster mm-hmm. and it gives him a better chance. Well, it doesn't give him a better chance of um, s- triggering scientific hubris, but it makes you feel like going in for an attack with him is worthwhile, which means that you are going to make attacks with him. <laughs> yeah. Where there's a lot of times I'm like, he's going to sit on this point until he gets to three power and he'll double move and throw someone else off. Um <laughs> but I can certainly see if I can have room for Craven in my roster, maybe I don't play him, but he's still a three threat with a range three throw. Yeah, he I mean, he's still not terrible. He's not bad. 
Um, and I think I have heard some people who are like kind of bemoaning him as bad and saying he needs buffs. I don't, I don't agree that he needs any changes, you know, in the upcoming errata. Uh, I, I just feel like it would have been nice if he got a little bit, if he got like one buff, I don't know. Well, it might be the sort of thing that all it takes is him being connected with another card. So there still might be some indirect buffs. Yeah. I mean, well laid plans is enough to, to buff a lot of characters, right? Like I think, I, I think having that card is really nice. Uh, well laid plans is very easily my favorite, um, you know, combo wombo dual character card. Yeah. But is it enough to make you always include Dr. Octopus? Yeah, the one of the hard parts is every time I'm like wanting to play well laid plans, now suddenly I'm very conscientious of my power, my ener- yeah, my power usage on Green Goblin and on Doc Ox. I'm like, I'd kind of like to get to this at some point. So do I want them picking up hammers? Cause then they've spent a power plus the card is gonna cost one more. Um all of that sort of stuff starts to get kind of like more difficult, but uh, mm-hmm. I am thinking that maybe infinity formula may end up being like a go-to crisis for them. Cause they still, still don't mind the extra power, but no, they, just... they, they are quite happy with it. <laughs> uh, it's always the question with infinity formula. Like, is this better for me or is this better for my opponent? Cause everybody likes more power. But I think with the amount of like small damage you can do with with playing traps, especially the the small damage from Infinity is going to be very nice. And I think the more more and more that I think about it, I think that they can probably play on just about any secure just fine. They they don't necessarily have a truly bad secure, depending on how you build your roster. Like. Sure, someone throws down demons and they want to like really go to town. Like you can also put out a lot of hurt and pain and suffering. Um and they're always gonna like be like, oh well, this character I'm not gonna put on a point because I don't want him to be incinerated. And Goblin's like, you can get incinerated anyway. And so you can really like spread around the hurt. I'm really enjoying Spider Foes. I still haven't settled into kind of where they are on the competitive spectrum. But the new leadership feels very strong. It feels great with a lot of their affiliated characters. And it has me very excited to try more Spider-Foes teams. And I think I'm going to probably have a regular Spider-Foes roster for most game nights. Yeah, it'll it'll definitely be a lot of fun to see where they shake out in a couple months. Especially once we know everybody's errata. Oh yeah, for sure. I don't, I don't know how many of their characters are going to get errata, but it could still affect other matchups and such. Yeah. I don't think any of the spider foes will see major errata. I'm just, I mean, like, will I will I drop them because all of a sudden guardians and inhumans become way more interesting to me? <laughs> yeah, that, that's fair. Maybe that's the right order. Is like, get me get me playing some spider foes before some of the other really interesting interesting stuff drops. All right. Well, I think we can probably end our uh, you know spider foe extravaganza there. Um, man, such little changes that just impact so much, and it's got me so excited for for team building. And I think it's just because Spider Foes plays a lot differently than the other affiliations I've been playing, and gives me some gives me other excuses to use these new models like Mysterio, which is cool as shit. As long as I don't drop him down any more stairs. Yeah, for sure. Don't do that. I'll I'll tell you what, man. I so we did a we did the uh, separation anxiety kit today. 
And so it's a four-player game. And so three of the dudes setting up at my table, we were setting up, and three of us had Norman Osborn and Venom in our 11 points. Because we were like, all of us wanted to play Spider-Foes. And we were like setting up, and we were like, son of a bitch. And then we all switched. And then like one of us switched back to Norman Osborn. It was just really funny. Because we all wanted to play the spider foes today so this is the perfect episode for me to be with you on perfect yeah i think it's as we said there's a lot of character in their models and so it's it's just a fun affiliation to visually see and to play with so i'm glad that it's you know it's a it's a truly functional affiliation now yeah it really is and it it's funny to look back and be like remember when we only had three spider foes and Norman Osborn was so bad, people just didn't want to use him. Yeah, they're like, well, at least he's got well-laid plans. There was a little while there where I was like, man, is it worth, is well-laid plans good enough for me to just play Doc Ock and uh, Green Goblin in other affiliations? And now, maybe that's going to be more of a conversation. <laughs> I I was taking Norman Osborn and Doc Ock in Criminal Syndicate to try it. It was funny. Yeah, well, I mean, you've already got... At least Goblin is affiliated there, which helps that out. Mm-hmm. And um, and they both kind of play into the game that they're reasonably tanky and can, like, double move and get on your opponent's point immediately. Yeah. So I can I can certainly see that. That's, that's good tech. But, all right, I think we're going to go ahead and wrap up the first episode here. Greg, again, thank you so much for hopping on and joining me for some Spider-Foes talk. Yeah, no problem, man. Thanks for having me. It's it's certainly been too long. And listeners, if you need yourself some more Greg time, I would totally understand that. And so you should go check him out on the Recalibration Matrix, where basically I don't read that many comics, but I think 99% of them now are because Greg convinced me to. I do like comics. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and uh, my girlfriend now is actually more into comics than I am, and so she keeps giving me comics to read as well. <gasps> oh, she sounds wonderful. Let yeah. me know what she's recommending. I'll have to set... Uh, currently, I've been reading the... I don't know what it's called, but it's... a. Uh, at some point, S.H.I.E.L.D. creates, like, they use, like, the Tesseract or something to create, like, this alternate reality to keep villains in. Oh, it's a, it's the little... It's like a, it's like a Americana village where they're all brain-wiped, right? Yes. Like, Red Skull is the village librarian or something like that. Yes, I forget which characters are which at the moment. But yeah, that's the that's the most recent one. That's a fun and one. And she's been telling me about a, a She-Hulk comic that she's been reading, because I've also got her painting She-Hulk. But um, All right, well, let's wrap things up here. The most OP thing that you can do is drop both Trick or Treat and Tricks or Traps on your opponent at the same time, because Oscorp weaponry is Peace, nerds. Adios.